Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thanksgiving week, Golden Eagle fans. Appreciate you joining us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Will Tony producing for us in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty will join us a little later. How sweet it is. The Eagles get a win and in dominating fashion. We're going to talk about it today. Of course, Bob Getty will join us later. Heath Hinton will join us as he does every single uh, Monday, we'll talk a little about basketball's victory over Lamar and uh, uh, winter signing day sneaking up on us uh, pr- pretty quick. So all that to come on the Eagle Hour today. Happy to have you along, many of you. Maybe uh, taking the week off or you got kids at home because school's out and how sweet this Monday will be as we celebrate a Golden Eagle victory. First segment brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Great time this week to get Dickie's uh, to, to pull out all the stops for your Thanksgiving gathering or maybe uh, football this weekend. Eagles playing their last game of the season and uh, be FIU at home and great opportunity to get Dickie's to provide the tailgating for you. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. We're going to start off this celebration of a Golden Eagle win, bring on Jack Duggan, who, of course, is the SID for Southern Miss Sports. Uh, Jack, I think you're you're the ranking member. Isn't that true, the ranking member in Conference USA? I mean, you're the dean of all SIDs? <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate, but but I appreciate you saying that. I've, it's only my fifteenth year, so I haven't been around for the for every year at Conference USA. But uh, uh, well, I say fifteen. I think it's actually my sixteenth year, but fifteenth doing football. So so uh, yeah, I've seen some ups, seen some downs, and seen some wild and crazy, kind of like last Friday night in Ruston. How uh, how how? Well, first off, unique that it was. Of course, I was calling a high school playoff game, and so we were going back and forth. Will, our producer today, he was producing for high school football. He kept telling us the updated scores, and you know, kind of like the the week before, it was uh, man, you know, we're ahead, and then you know, UTSA comes back at the end. But man, Eagles every time they got they got uh, they hit Jack, they hit back, and they pulled away. And I mean, what was it like Friday night in Ruston? I was. It was it was one of those uh, special nights. I mean, you know, the 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 you know we found ways to to keep the momentum going for us. And you know, when they when they recovered that fumble and they scored and they cut it to twenty one nineteen, you go for a second there, you go, okay, here we go again. But then, but then uh, Dejon Richard, who had his first one hundred career rushing game, he had. 120 yards on 22 carries. He he pops one up off the left side for 30, or yeah, up to yeah from the 20 to the 50, and then he got another 15 yard gain. And next thing you know, we're we're, we're driving and we're scoring to to push it back to nine. And you go wow. And 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 when and when when uh, what was it third and nine or something? And Antavius Willis hits a wide open yeah. Grayson Gunner in the end zone. You, you kind of say, "Wow, maybe this will be our night," and it, and it was. And uh, 
you know, Avery Havas a couple of minutes after that uh, with a great interception inside the 10, and and he walked it into the end zone for a little more cushion. And, uh, boy, the Gold Nichols got to sing the fight song after Saturday, or Friday night's win, and I tell you, it was something special for our program. Had a lot of feel like the 2013 UAB game. I mean, just the exhilaration. But in, in, in a lot of ways, how close we were to, to beating UTSA. And then you go on the road to your rival. Um, they've played, you know, they the first half of the season, man, they, they played some really good teams really close. And you blew, sure. blew a, a lead at Mississippi State. Uh, almost pulled it off at, at a ranked uh, NC State team. But you feel like it, this was different in the sense that the Eagles went to a team that probably is better than their record. And, man, we just whipped them in every every uh, you know facet and phase of the game. Yeah, we certainly did. And, and you know, the one thing that, that at times we've had trouble, I mean, I, I think defensively, defensively we, we have played really well all year. Um, you know, but the one thing that I think if you had to complain maybe a little bit was, was, you know, at times not being able to force turnovers. And that's something that we were able to do a season high five, uh, Louisiana Turk turnovers on Friday. And, uh, you know, I think what we had a couple of interceptions and then three fumble recoveries. And those were just, those were just huge for us. And, and, um, and then you got, you got Frank Gore who who throws who throws an absolute just perfect pass to to Jason Brownlee in the end zone on 39 yards and and you know I didn't realize what a great pass it was until the until the um, until I saw it later on on replay and I just I just I marvel every time I see it and then and then the the other touchdown pass that Gore kind of threw up there. And they said, "Okay, okay, Jason, go up and get it." And he said, "It looked like that Louisiana Tech uh, defensive back's eyes got so big, and then all of a sudden, here comes Brownlee. He just kind of snapped, it, snatched it away from him, and uh, we were able to put some points on the board. So it was, it was fun. I got to tell you, I, I, I had a, I had a nice time on Friday night. Coach Ladner may be uh, getting Brownlee in the gym for a, a, just a few practices, teaching the guys how to box out, because that's exactly what he did there when he went up and, and got it for sure. But the Eagles hold Louisiana Tech to only 100 yards passing, 150 yards rushing, 250, forced five turnovers. And But, but uh, Jack, you're a stat guy, and it should just be known, Frank Gore right now has a higher passing percentage than both of the quarterbacks uh, from both SEC schools that will face off in the Egg Bowl later in the week. 178 is his quarterback passing rate. And that yeah. kind of brings into this next conversation, Southern Miss uh, now becoming the superback you. And kind of the genesis of this was, uh, I believe, with, with Mark Hudspeth. But, but Coach Hall uh, implemented this at West Alabama. And then last week, what the, the talking point was is that the Golden Eagles replaced the actual quarterback position on the official depth chart with superback. Kind of walk us through all that. Well, you know, Superback, as Coach, someone had asked Coach to explain that after the game on Friday, and and the way that he explained the Superback or, or the original the original concept of it was it was a it was a, someone who could play in the slot, but also could play in the backfield. So, so, so somebody who was versatile in that regard. And uh, you know, last week, uh, Coach and I usually go over the depth chart for that week's game. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon, typically, um, and uh, we were we were in our meeting like we usually are, and and he looked at me and he said he said Jack, he says do we have to put a quarterback in here? 
And I said, I said, oh, coach, that's up to you. It's your two deep. You can do whatever you want. He goes, well, let's scratch it. So he scratched it, and he added the super back. And you know, I I, I didn't really make a big deal when I uh, about it when I when I uh, when I sent it out. And then on Thursday, man, I'm driving to Ruston, and and Twitter was just ablaze with. Uh, Southern Miss going with no quarterback, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of funny. It was it, it made for it made for uh, uh, an interesting car ride over to Ruston on on Thursday afternoon. So it, it the super back position obviously does line up in the same really position as, as a quarterback can line up as right. a slot receiver. But officially now, Jack, how many people have lined up in a traditional quarterback position? Was it now like thirteen or fourteen? With no, with it's not that now? many. It's eleven. We, we've we've had eleven that have taken snaps from the center uh, this year. So uh, with. Uh, uh, Demarcus uh, Jones being number eleven, there was some confusion earlier in the year. I thought, I thought uh, Jason Goldstein had taken a snap at the end of the Middle Tennessee game. I don't know how someone had told me that that was the case, but went back and looked on film, and he did not. So, uh, so, so it, we have had eleven different guys um, take snaps uh, from the center this year. So, just it, uh, it, bless. It, it, it's wacky. It is, and and just blessed with the, with the athleticism. I mean, you know, Willis yeah. played at Velma Jackson. He played quarterback, and then you know, Demo looked really good. Richard, and and I guess more than anything, I think Coach Hall said this after the game. Frank was almost like a decoy, struggling earlier in the week, but man, you weren't going to keep him off the field. No, you really weren't. And and you know, when he was on the field, he made he made great plays for us, and and uh, you know. A, a rushing touchdown and two two touchdown passes and you know he was he was he was really good and you know you look at you know you, you look at Demo um, you know he had I think what two yards rushing enter, entering the game this weekend he had he had uh, eighty seven yards on fourteen carries for us and uh, you know it's just it, it it it's a different way to watch football it certainly is and and. You know that they've they've used this to kind of, um, kind of take the air out of the football, as it were, and and uh, you know we've held the football the last two weeks over 34 minutes in each game, so it it it's it, it's interesting to see it, and and you know the one good thing was was how much better we ran it uh, last Friday at Ruston, you know, with very few, if any, you know, false start penalties. Uh, in the ball game, I think we only had four or five penalties in the whole game. So, so it you know just a little bit more practice, and and then they were able to to to, to run it even better. Absolutely, great stuff, Jack. Appreciate you coming on today, and uh, man, we we uh, look forward to possibly getting win number three this weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too, my man. You, y'all take care. We'll talk to you soon. It's Jack Duggan, SID for Southern Miss Athletics. We're gonna step aside. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us. Basketball wins over the weekend, recruiting also. Eagles get win number two against La Tech. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Always appreciate Jack Duggan coming on with us, as he uh, did in that first segment. Eagles beat Louisiana Tech 35-19. to How sweet it is. 
few things certain in life, death, taxes, and beating Louisiana Tech. That is uh, what many Southern Miss fans said over the weekend, and we're celebrating it today on the Eagle Hour. Second segment brought to you, like every day, from Campus Bookmark located in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Hey, you might as well this week. Thanksgiving break, go ahead and knock out some Christmas presents and Campus Bookmark, best place to go to buy the swag to cheer on the Golden Eagles. And uh, you might be coming in this weekend um, to uh, to watch Southern Miss in their last game against FIU, Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street, campusbookmark.net. Heath Hinton joins us from Big Gold Nation as he does every single Monday. And, uh, and Heath, Win number two, convincing fashion, and what I I was most proud about, I mentioned it to Jack, and he talked about it some too. When adversity hit in this game, the Eagles fought back. They hit back, um, especially after that fumble recovery. Here we go again. What's going to happen? And then uh, Tech pulled within two points. Eagles fought back and and finished in this game, and that was just exciting to see. Yeah, I thought that drive, uh, once Tech pulled within two points, that drive there, running the football, what they did, that was probably the best drive all season as far as being able to respond and the timing of the drive. I, I thought that was really impressive. Uh, yeah, If you go into that game, and I would have told you afterwards, uh, Luke, Southern Miss has more first downs than La Tech. They uh, rush for more yards. They pass for more yards had a better completion percentage, threw for more touchdowns, and ended up the day with more yards, all with no quarterback. <laughs> People would have laughed me out of the room. Yet and still, that happened. Because of, you know, just a great job of getting the team ready to play by Coach Hall and his staff. It was uh, it was impressive. It was It was just kind of funny watching it because of how they went about doing it, as he said, he is uh, he's not playing checker, chess. This is nothing but checkers. This is stuff you see in high school on Friday nights, and they went there and they ran it to perfection almost. It was it was fun to watch. We t- we talked last week to uh, to Jonathan Gary, he's former offensive lineman, and and watches this team a lot. And just talked about you know is it freeing for an offensive line to know that they're probably not going to have to pass block. Much Eagles did through it. I, I think the Eagles threw. I think it was like, thirteen times Saturday, which is pretty amazing. And uh, when you consider, you know, a, a super back formation, yeah, Eagles eight of thirteen for uh, with with three different backs. But yeah, I mean, the offensive line. It seems like you know, in this basically run heavy approach, almost exclusively focusing on the run, it's freed the offensive line up. Sure, and also you got. You know, tight end, you've you've got a fullback there that's an extra blocker, so you're getting the numbers there. The biggest thing that makes it work, I know is offensive line playing well, but you have to have a receiver on the outside that can that can go up against their best cornerback and can go over the top or, uh, you know, moss people as he did uh, on the first touchdown reception or beat them deep. I mean, that's what Brownlee – He's healthy now, and that's so important for this offense because defenses have to respect him, and they almost have to put two out there to guard him. Then you take uh, Demo and some Caston and other guys. You got Frank Gore hitting a drag route across the middle um, as a check down one time. I mean, yes, they're running the ball 
But because of the wide receiver play and their ability to block, but also Brownlee's ability to go over the top, you're getting even numbers, and the offensive line is really having a good time just running the football. They're not having to worry about pass blocking. It's not complicated. Just get up there and run, and good things are happening. So Eagles get their second win of the year and defeat Louisiana Tech 35-19. to All right, Heat, let's move to basketball. Golden Eagles uh, victorious yesterday over Lamar University, improved to 2-2 two and two on the year. They win 82-75. to A big reason for that, we didn't see him in the TCU game, but Tyler Stevenson in this one gets a double-double, 12 rebounds, 11 points. Tay Hardy also 23 points. Isaiah Moore, 19 points. Uh, Stevenson really important down uh, down the stretch. And I think Jay Ladner said this was probably the second half. It's probably one of the best uh, – halves they had played all year oh i think it was no question they made shots um hitting three pointers um hardy has been excellent this year all all season um making big shots also playing a really solid defense uh pierre made a couple of outside shots look when this team you know when they're not shooting three of 21 they can win a lot of games. When you shoot three of twenty-one, you're just not going to win many, um, and that's what happened at TCU. So, once they get a little more confidence, Napper had his best game. I thought Napper played uh, as well as he's had all season. That's going to be huge. They just need some more confidence about them. Uh, Pinkney has started. Pinkney's probably been one of the most improved players on the team to me, and uh, Moore has come in and. Give them that inside presence they needed. Uh, can really rebound. Shoots a lot better than people think. Stevenson's starting to play well. So teams coming into form. They're on the road. Uh, getting to spend Thanksgiving in Montana can't be a bad thing. So uh, up there playing tournaments. So playing well right now. We'll see what happens at this tournament. But they got to have some confidence going into it. That's for sure. Yeah, against Lamar Eagles, shoot forty-seven point four percent from the floor, forty percent behind a three-point. Uh, line that that's a vast improvement. They shoot seventy one point four percent from the free throws. And yeah, you you look at this week. You just uh, you mentioned it. What they're going to be? They're heading up to Montana. They will take on the uh, the Montana Grizzlies on Friday. But Wednesday they'll play uh, UNC Wilmington and then the University of San Diego on Thanksgiving Day. All those uh, the Montana games on ESPN Plus and uh, TBA on the first two games, but but yeah, I mean it's an opportunity to uh, to, to get outside the gym and you, you got to play better on the road than what you did against TCU. So yeah, an opportunity really to to try to shoot the ball well in a gym that is not your own, and I think that's going to be big for for the Golden Eagles to be confident in places outside Reed Green Coliseum. I do agree with you. Uh, playing on the road, as you saw. At uh, TCU, just it could not find the distance, did not shoot well. But going up there and playing a tournament like this against teams that you can beat, they go up there and they play well and they get some wins. It's going to do big things for their confidence headed back, getting ready for conference play, and, uh, you know, getting getting this team to shooting better. I think that's the biggest thing right now, Luke, is just getting the team confidence in their shots, uh, they haven't been shooting bad shots. They just haven't been falling. Even layups at times, the basket seemed like it was closed. So, uh, yeah, just getting some confidence up there, winning some games, coming back home for a conference play, and 
you know, that would be huge. And then you got the Lady Eagles, who also won uh, this weekend. When was the last time Southern Miss, both basketball teams and football team, won in the same weekend? Yeah. So the fans are happy right now. It's uh, To have all three get a victory is a pretty good weekend. Yeah, Lady Eagles defeat Samford by a score of 60 or 71 to 66. Dominique Davis, 29 points in that one. All right, Heath, let's uh, let's wrap up this segment, talk some about uh, recruiting, because just in two weeks you're going to have a, the winter signing day. Golden Eagles this month have picked up two more commitments. Michael Carraway, Jr. out of Pearl River Community College, he uh, started at Bassfield, and then Markel McLaurin, a guy that played at Southern Miss and went to Jones College, now he's back. But Golden Eagles did lose uh, some of those prized Greenville Christian uh, commits, but just kind of how is this uh, this – uh, particularly on the offensive line, but but overall, what is this uh, signing class going to look like? Right now, they're still second conference USA, seventy uh, first overall. I think that'll get better. I think they've got some uh, guys coming in this week. I think the Southern Miss football team has some momentum right now with FIU coming in. If FIU comes, you know, when they come in, you come in, show a have a really good game there, get, pick you up the third win of the season, which nobody three weeks ago thought was even possible. You have some momentum for Coach Hall. They're really recruiting. I think they're uh, looking at the JUCO ranks. I think you're going to see a lot of JUCO and transfer portal guys uh, going forward. I think they're about done with high school. And uh, maybe if they have a special player fall in their lap, they'll use a scholarship. But right now you're looking at uh, JUCO and uh, transfer portal players. And The landscape of recruiting has changed now, Luke. Yeah, and, and just to just to build upon that, the reason why they can go JUCO heavy is because they set a good foundation with high school players. That's exactly right. And also, it also helps when the NCAA says, we're going to give you six, seven extra scholarships for all the players that are going into the portal. So uh, that adds. So you're looking at Southern Miss this uh, fall probably signing somewhere 28, 29 players yeah, all together. So they got 16 right now. You could probably say – Another uh, 12 to 13 will come from the transfer portal of the JUCO ranks. Got you. All right, man. Um, appreciate your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And anybody that follows you on Twitter know that we're praying for your mother. And, uh, man, you have a have a great week. Thanks for coming on, Heath. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate the prayers. Y'all have a good one, my friend. Keith Hinton of Big Gold Nation. We're going to step aside for our second break of the day. Bob Getty joining us on the Eagle Hour. Stick with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, Golden Eagles get the win and get their second win of the season. Happy to have you on the Eagle Hour, whether you're listening live or later on podcast. We are on podcast every single day. Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can always download or stream on demand 
uh, Eagle Hour, and we appreciate you listening to the content. We try to bring you good content on Southern Miss every single day. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street. They are located on 4th Street tonight, Monday Night Football Giants at the Buccaneers, and that will be uh, on for on you on the, the televisions for you at 4th Street. Of course, they have the 895 lunch every single day. Bob Getty joins us and uh, joins us on the phone. And Bob, your weekend started uh, a lot better than it than it has been. Uh, you te- you sent me a text at about nine twenty on Friday night and said, "Man, we're going to win this football game," and, hey, and we did. We we, we lost. I I got to get him back. We lost Bob Getty. All right, yeah. we'll get him back real quick. But yeah, Golden Eagles uh, win thirty five to nineteen, and we'll get Bob back. Just in a moment, but as you uh, you know, you look at that game. Frank Gore threw the ball four of eight for seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And Tavius Willis three of three for thirty-two yards. Gore didn't run the ball much, four attempts for only two yards. But uh, Demarcus Jones rushed fourteen times for eighty-nine yards. Dejon Richard rushed twenty-two times for a hundred and twenty-four yards. Brownlee both touchdowns through uh, through the air that was on the receiving end, five catches for 67 yards. And then defensively for the Golden Eagles, uh, Malik Shorts led the way, eight tackles. Hayes Maples also eight tackles and a tackle for loss. He did have two forced fumbles. Josh Carr also with uh, with seven tackles. We got Bob back yet? Yeah, we got him. All right, Bob. Um, so you sent me the text Friday night at 920. Weekend starts a whole lot better than what it started in a long time. Golden Eagles get the win. Your thoughts? Well, no question. I'll tell you what it reminded me of, Luke. It reminded me of that UAB win several years ago with Todd Munkin when his team had struggled uh, so badly all year and then played with uh, you know such determination late in the year. I think the first impression I had uh, after watching the game Friday night was really how proud I was to see these kids with, with you know having such a terrible season to play with the intensity and the determination that we've seen them play with in the last couple of weeks. And uh, we, we talk a lot about, you know, about the Wildcat offense and how well that seems to have worked the other night, which, which kudos to the coaching staff for coming up with that, no question about it. But I was so impressed with the way the kids played defensively. And time after time, they would stop Louisiana Tech uh, really when they needed to. Uh, I think it's kind of hard to uh, overemphasize how important uh, this win was, I, I think, not only for the coaching staff, Luke, but uh, but for the psyche of this football team. And kudos to these kids for, for playing that hard uh, in light of what they've dealt with all year. Yeah, we, we need to we need to set the record straight. Uh, we, we're we're calling it the official. It's the super back offense. This is now super back. You, this is the home <laughs> of the super back. Jack actually told us earlier in the program, Coach Hall last week when they were setting the depth chart was like. Jack, do we have to officially list the quarterback? And, and uh, Jack's like, no, you don't have to do that. And he's like, all right, scrap the quarterback position. We're going with, uh, with with the super back. And, Bob, I think it's safe to say we have officially avenged Dustin Dickerson and the entire baseball team from some of those close losses to Louisiana Tech by whipping their tail over the weekend. Well, no question. And I did think about that, actually, about what we played them about 34 times last year, I believe, yeah. in baseball. Uh, I did think about that, and, and – uh, my thinking was, if, if you're going to bounce back and have a game like this, who better than against uh, Louisiana Tech? So I agree. And look, look how remarkable is this, uh, what uh, Coach Hall and these guys have done 
and totally changing the offense. And uh, <laughs> it really looked effective the other night. And then, you know, Frank Gore is dropping dime passes down the field. It's a, it's a pretty remarkable thing to watch. Good stuff. And, and I want to play a quote for you. This is Coach Hall after the game. Really funny. He's sitting there with, with the press. And here comes Dr. Bennett cheering in the background, and Coach Hall gets excited, and then Jeremy McLean comes. And so this was his opening statement with Jeremy McLean and Dr. Bennett in the background. Here's Coach Hall. Look, guys, I mean, these kids and the way they play for this university, uh, they've been through so much, so much more even before this staff got here. And then uh, so much this year. That's probably not fair, but life's not fair. And they just kept battling and kept going. And – uh we saw a shift last week. We saw a little more accountability. We talk about accountability is not saying my bad, my fault, I'll get it next time. Accountability is identifying an issue and making a behavioral change to fix it. And you can see a little bit of a shift last week. You can see it. And we built on it again this week. And uh, I thought we played our tail off. If, you know, we, we struggled kicking field goals tonight, Riggs did, which is un characteristic of him he's had a phenomenal year he's a great kid and he'll fix that issue but you know if we can get a few balls through the uprights right there it was a pretty good butt weapon and uh on a really good program that's won 10 games just a few years ago and he's got a great head coach with a storied history i've got the most respect for bob i knew you would like that quote because will hall said <laughs> if it wasn't for just a couple missed field goals it was going to be a pretty good butt weapon i love will hall and and like you said it seemed as if last week there was a, a, a shift in uh, in the trajectory. No question. They were played a really good team last week and uh, had had a real opportunity to win the game. And then I watched I watched San Antonio play UAB over the weekend as well, and and they reinforced what a really quality team they have. So yeah, that was a I think that was a turnaround moment and. Uh, you played the game, Luke. Uh, how, how big was that? And uh, how big would it be to win this weekend? Which I got to tell you, I fully expect they're going to win again this weekend. And end the year with this kind of momentum, how big would that be for this uh, young football team? I'll tell you what, not just us thinking we can win it. Vegas starts the Eagles as a 10 and a half point favorite over wow. FIU. I mean, when does that happen? But, but yeah, I think what it, what it speaks to is that it shows again these kids believe in these coaches, even if they're – and that's that's kind of rare. You know, it's kind of rare for you to be down and out like you are because if this would have happened last year, you know, you would have seen probably more transfers than have already taken place. But they come out, and I think it's a testimony to guys like Frank Gore Jr. who was going to do anything he could to play, and he's kind of set the tempo that he's not going anywhere – that he believes in his coach and staff. And, man, you know, what what we've seen out of the defense all year long shows a commitment to what us, Austin Armstrong, ha- has brought. And, and I think it's a testimony. When, when you're a player and you believe in your coaches, there was times where, you know, I would – me and other players would just – sometimes you encourage the coaches when the uh, – when, you know, the product or, or the, the – the end goal as far as a win isn't concerned. Sometimes they need that type of encouragement. So I know Coach Hall has been affirmed in his direction with how these players have responded. Let's talk about Frank Gore Jr. for a moment. What a great kid is this, and what a phenomenal player. We knew what a great running back he was, but uh, two things struck me about him the other night. Obviously, a couple of passes that he threw struck me. 
but he's you know he's not playing every single play. He's rotating in and out uh, with with two other kids that are playing quote unquote quarterback, and he seems to be perfectly good with that. And he seems to be the biggest cheerleader on the team as well. A kid like Frank Gore Jr. Am I right, Luke? It, it's hard to put a value on what he means to a football team. Well, what it does is that that trickles down when one of your best players is being selfless like that in an age where if I don't get what I want, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, what was amazing about Frank was he was banged up pretty good. And Coach All said after the game, you know, they just – he was uh, – I think on Monday he was – you know, uh, he came out on the practice field just like crying because he wanted to play so bad. And they said, we're going to use you. I mean, even if a decoy. But, I mean, he wasn't – his bottom half of his body, I, I'm not even saying – it's more than 50%, but I'm – you know, been lucky if he was at eighty percent, and for him to uh-huh. do what he did, um, and and uh, you know the the same thing we we said last week. Kelly wanted to acknowledge it, and man, how how much props to this offensive line? They've been a a a point that has drastically unimpressed this year with their performance. In the last two weeks, they've come out and they have they they wore Louisiana Tech out on on Friday night. I think that's another tribute to the coaching staff uh, is to recognize. Uh, maybe how to how to get the most out of this offensive line. It seems to me, Luke, that now they're they're far more focused on run blocking, and I know that generally speaking, offensive linemen enjoy run blocking more than they do pass blocking. Sort of took that burden off of their shoulders, let them really focus uh, their game on run blocking. And you're right, and Kelly's right. It, it has really showed up. They look like a different squad. And uh, I just can't say enough about the innovative thinking of the coaching staff. Who saw this coming, that you were going to play this, what do you call it, The what, what did Jack super call back, it? Superback, man. Superback. Superback offense. Who in the country saw this coming? Obviously, Louisiana Tech didn't because we just wore their tails out. And I will brag about it till the cows come home. Hey, we're going to step aside Kelly, uh, Kelly Sander texts me, Bob, by the way. We need to warn the entire state of California. He is uh, he is out there in, in L.A., and so he just sent me a picture. Oh, so man. we're sorry. The only time in probably my life I will uh, pity the people of California, but, but Sander's exactly. out there. But we'll, uh, exactly. We'll step aside, talk a little NFL action when we get back on the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT on the left, D1 Training on the right. Hey, they got me to run a 5240. They can help you too. DBAT, D1 Training, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Will Tony producing for us today. Bob Getty joining me on the phone. I'm in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Will at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. All right, um, Bob, fi- kind of final thought on, on Southern Miss football and, and Will Hall. Tulane, of course, um, after you know having a, a winning record last year, 2-9 and nine this year, 
And, you know, some of their struggles have been on offense. They were 6-6 six and six last year. So just kind of shows you specifically, you know, the impact that Will Hall made at, at Tulane as, as they have not been good this year. Uh, no, they haven't. And, and you and I talked a lot earlier in the year about Will Hall when there was so much, uh, you know, concern about the team not winning. Uh, Will Hall's had had a chance. He, he hadn't been given an opportunity to show what he can do. I think he's shown a lot here in the way that he's changed things up at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, I'm very, I remain very optimistic about he and his coaching staff. And uh, I think Coach Hall has to be given two or three, I think maybe two, three years before you really make any judgments. But um, I'm very confident that uh, we hired the right guy. And given time, I think the Golden Eagles are going to be competing. And I love saying this, uh, Luke, competing for a Sun Belt Conference Championship in coming years. Love it. Yeah, Coach Hall said after the game that uh, next year would be a a year of more improvement. And he said 2023 is going to be when you don't want to play us. So I, I like that approach. Conference USA. Results over the weekend, Eagles get their first Conference USA win, defeat Louisiana Tech 35-19. UTSA scores with three seconds to go in the game to knock off UAB 34-31. Roadrunners stay perfect at 11-0. Western Kentucky improves to 6-1, blows out Florida Atlantic 52-17. Marshall defeats Charlotte 49-28. Old Dominion defeats Middle Tennessee 24-17. UTEP holds off Rice, 38-28, and then North Texas blows out the opponent this week for the Eagles, Florida International, 49-27. Western Kentucky, 6-1 overall in the East. UTSA, a perfect 7-0. If uh, Western Kentucky wins this week, those two teams would play in the Conference USA championship game. All right, on to the NFL. And, Bob, we were talking about it during a commercial break. Just kind of a toss-up this year, and, you know, the, the Cardinals with the best record in the NFL at 9-2. and two. Everybody else seems like the uh, the division leader, 7-4, and 7-3. and three. Got a couple of those. You got one division leader, the Bucks, 6-3. and three. It's kind of been a toss-up this year. If you'd have asked me a week ago who were the best teams in the NFL this year, I would have probably told you that Buffalo and Tennessee, Green Bay and Dallas, and all four of those teams got beat this past weekend. So it's, it's very difficult to say the Cardinals do look like a uh, – Kind of a quiet sleeper out there in the desert. They don't get a lot of attention, uh, but they they continue to win. Uh, you know, I think those other teams that we mentioned are still have a lot to say before the end of the season. But there's clearly a lot of parity in the league, and just anybody can beat anybody. Right now, Luke, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, but if if, I, if you were going to ask me who is the dark horse team right now in the NFL to make a lot of noise in the playoffs, I would say Luke Johnson. It's the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and uh, I didn't have a problem with them this week because they, they beat the Falcons. They shut the Falcons out. That's always a nice day, you know, for me. But, yeah, they're 7-4 and four right now. And when you look at, at the standings in the AFC East, they're 7-4. Uh, they're and four. Buffalo's 6-4. And, four. and uh, that really all they're competing against is, is Buffalo. Uh, the Ravens are a game ahead of the Bengals in the AFC North. The Titans two games ahead of the Colts. But the Colts had a real impressive win over the Bills right. yesterday. And then then the Chiefs uh, just half a game in front of the Chargers. And yeah, on, on the AFC side, I still think that the road goes through Nashville um, because of, of the Titans. And just yesterday you can chalk it up you know, to, uh, to just whatever. But Mac Jones finding his stride for the Patriots for, for sure. All right, on the, the NFC side, which is – what you and I care about more being Washington and 
New Orleans fans. Saints struggling. Three-game losing streak. Uh, Tampa Bay got an opportunity tonight to go two games in front of the Saints in the NFC South. Cardinals, best team in the NFC. What do you, what do you make of your division, the NFC East? I still think Dallas is probably the team to beat. I, I think they have a lot of talent. They, they seem to be sort of up and down. But, uh, you know, you, the Giants are terrible. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they, they're better than I thought they would be. I think Washington's still a very average uh, at best football team. If I were a betting man, I, I would say right now continue to be the Cowboys. Philadelphia does look to be a little bit dangerous, but I think overall the Cowboys are probably the strongest team uh, in the NFCs. Eagles uh, defeat the Saints yesterday 40-29. to We'll talk to Patrick McGee a little later in the week about uh, the Saints and, and what they have to do to turn this season around. But one thing's for certain, Bob Getty, as we wrap up today, Death, taxes, and beating Louisiana Tech, the three things that we can always be sure of in life. It was a good it was a good Friday night. I'm looking forward to a good Saturday afternoon and uh, congratulations to Coach Hall and those great kids that play football here at Southern Miss. Good stuff. Bob will join us tomorrow. Join us every day uh, this week and appreciate him jumping on. For uh, for Will Tony, Kelly Sander out in California. I'm Luke Johnson signing off today. Thanks for listening to us. If you missed part of this show, it'll be up on podcast in just a little later. So uh, we appreciate you joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time. And as always, Southern Miss. The top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.